All diets die. There's an all or nothing mentality that just frankly doesn't work. Developing long-term results boils down to consistency over perfection. Have you started and failed? Well, join the crowd. Today's guest is going to give us some critical tips on how to develop a long-term relationship with yourself, with your body, and with your health. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast about disrupting your life to spark new evolution. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. My co-host, we're calling him Captain COVID because he is out today with COVID. So uh, we wish W. Miles Riley well. And somewhere in the mountains of Utah, I am Steve Cutler. And guys, I am excited today to uh, introduce you to a new guest to the podcast. Uh, Michelle Brandenstein is a certified master personal trainer with a National Academy of Sports Medicine. She has a BS in exercise science and is a master level nutrition coach with Precision Nutrition, which is a phenomenal certification. Michelle is the owner of MB Elite Fitness and Nutrition. And she has also worked with a wide range of clients from professional athletes to stay-at-home moms looking to get into better shape. She's a big believer in behavior change, balance, and making fitness and nutrition a part of one's life and not merely a temporary destination. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. So exciting to have you. You know, um, I, I started a habit a while back that uh, as I'm looking for guests, I used to spend hours where I would go to social media and I would say, who's posting cool things? Mm -hmm. And then I would, if I found a page or somebody was promoting their page and it popped up and then I would dig deep into their page. And that took a long time for a lot of really bad content. And so I finally (laughs) just decided a few months ago that if somebody popped up onto my, um, I don't know what you call it, but a page where, you know, I, I see some interesting content or I see people tagged in other people's posts. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go follow that that person. And then I follow for a while to see if they're putting interesting content out there. If a few weeks down the road, they're not, then I just don't follow them anymore. If they are, then I typically reach out and say, Hey, you got some great stuff here. Let's talk about a podcast. And you were one where I started following you because you are good friends with, and you go hiking with some of the, some of our friends that have been on the podcast a couple of times, Uh Uh, Melissa and Lindsay, the the hiker babes, right? Yes. So you're out there hiking with them. Yeah, uh, I'm, so, I'm now a hiker babe too. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and that's HKR. We joked with them that it sounded mm-hmm. like hooker babes if you just look <laughs> at it, but they are definitely hiker babes. Uh-huh. So for those of our listeners who have not listened to the episodes with Melissa and Lindsay, uh, the last one that we did is still in our top 10. And it talks about uh, how to stay healthy and fit over 40. Uh, they're inspirational. And we have Michelle here, who is another inspirational person that uh, has really developed an amazing career out of this whole health and fitness thing. And like me, you love to get outside and go hiking too, right? Yeah. Uh, This weekend, I saw some pictures on the social media. You were out snowboarding. Where did you go? Oh, I went to um, Brighton and I went to Solitude this weekend. Um, And 
Oh, you actually, both. Snow, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, snowboarding is actually um, a new sport for me. And uh, I don't know, I just, last year I, I did my first lesson um, actually at Nordic Valley. And it was uh, a very interesting lesson because I was just basically falling down the entire time. Um, but it was funny because the instructor who was amazing, he was a great instructor. Um, he just really believed in me so much. Like he thought my balance was awesome that like right at the get-go, he was like, okay, we're doing a green run. So he took me awesome. up to the, to the green run, but I ended up, um, turning off and getting onto a blue run. <laughs> so like the whole lesson wow. was him oh, there you go. trying to get me onto a blue run. And, um, so I was basically just falling down the hill and then by the end of the lesson, I was able to balance on my board. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to snowboard. So yeah, I got an icon pass. And um, yeah, that's that's been like my my goal for the end of the season is to be able to to do the blues with good form <laughs> and not fall. What a great goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to, to pick up uh, new habits throughout life. You know, yeah. I, I started snowboarding probably in my mid-30s. I'm in my late 40s now um and man i'll tell you what if i hadn't just jumped in and gone all in one season i wouldn't be enjoying it as much as i do right now and i yes, think to myself yes. what would i have missed out on if i believed all the lies that i was telling myself that i'm too old to try something mm -hmm. right it's crazy to think about it. in my early right. to mid 30s that i'm too old to do that and now it's one of my favorite things to do yep yep and i mean that's how well I that's great it. yeah I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid thirties as well. And yeah, I feel, I feel the same, you know, but it's just, you know, you just got to stick with something. And, um, and that's something that I've learned too, is, um, with motivation, um, mastering something, you know, like trying to master something, it, it gives you motivation, you know, and, and, and achieving that flow. So snowboarding yeah. is my new flow, I guess you can say. There, there's something to be said for skill development. You know, if we're going to go through the pain of developing a skill because we want to get really good at it and get into that flow state, mm -hmm. it's worth it, right? Right. Um, I'm not a big fan of pain for no reason, but if we're going through the pain to get to a result of an improved skill like snowboarding where you can go out and have a great time, what a great way to, to get in shape. I want to go back, though, Michelle, to something that you said earlier. When your instructor said that you had good balance, you had mm -hmm. some good strength with that. It's amazing what the crossover of just a baseline health and fitness does oh, when yeah. you're working on development of new skill set. Uh, oh, yeah. So I want to ask you, what walk us through, how did you evolve into the current person that you are right now? What what was your own personal fitness journey? Um, So my fitness journey actually started with... um my second daughter. Um, I mean, before then, like I was, you know, I was active, like I, um, you know, I was, I was into nutrition, but not like, you know, like I am now. Um, but I think after the birth of my second daughter, um, I suffered from, um, debilitating postpartum depression and postpartum mm. OCD. Um, it got to the point where like, I couldn't even like get out of bed and like even take care of my daughter. Like she would be in her crib just crying. And I was just like, I can't, like I, it was, it was just so, it just got to that point, like where I couldn't function. Um, my husband was concerned. So he had me go to, you know, a counselor to kind of talk about it and talk it through. And I was also nursing at the time. So 
um, antidepressants were kind of off the table for me. Um, mm -hmm. So we were trying to find solutions um, to help me feel better. And one of the things the counselor said was, um, you know, have you tried exercising, you know, at least 60 minutes a day? And I was like, and I wasn't in that habit yet. You know, I would just do it sporadically. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try and I'll give it a shot. Um, so that kind of got me into the gym and I just started, you know, just doing cardio and exercising. Um, and, you know, I did feel better. Um, but then like one of my friends, um, and this was, I think like, so about like, you know, nine years ago, eight years ago, she, um, competed in like a, a bodybuilding competition and it was kind of intriguing. It was like, um, bikini. It was like when it was new and like, I thought mm -hmm. it was like very yep. intriguing and I was like, oh, wow, she looked amazing. Oh, she lifted weight. She lifted weights. Like, wow, she looks like that. And so. Um, that was very intriguing for me. And so I wanted, uh, that ended up becoming a goal of mine at the time. So, you know, not only was I doing the cardio and the exercising at the gym to feel better mentally and emotionally, um, that got me really into weightlifting. So I started kind of Googling and I found like a, a program on bodybuilding.com. Um, they had like a, you know, preset program. I think yeah. it was Jamie Eason. I think I did her program. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. And that just kind of got me into, into weightlifting and um, wanting to learn more. Um, so, um, so I did that. And um, eventually, like I made some friends at the gym and they're like, oh, can we work out with you? We see you here. Cause I was going to the gym like pretty frequently for like three months. And so um, these, you know, these girls that I made friends with, they started working out with me. And then I was kind of giving them tips and pointers. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I kind of enjoy this. Like, I kind of enjoy this uh, helping people, you know, and, and kind of being an inspiration. Like, it was it was kind of cool. And, you know, not only did I I, I, I lose the body, you know, the, um, the baby weight, um, it just really helped me, you know, emotionally and mentally. But also it was kind of like something that I wanted to make something more of. Um, so I kind of looked into making it a career. Um, I, I went to the National uh, uh, Personal Training Institute. Um, and so this was in Virginia, um, in Northern Virginia. And it was a, it was a pretty big school there uh, for personal training. Um, so it was like a, a year long program, uh, very hands-on. Um, I mean, you had to, we were working in the gym, um, you know, training each other, because uh, we didn't obviously didn't have our our certification yet. So we were training each yeah. other. So it was very hands-on. Um, and it was just very in-depth in like anatomy, kinesiology, like all of that stuff. Um, so that when you graduated, you know, you would be, you know, set to to train. Um, and then also they they offered the National Academy of Sports Medicine uh certification, which is a big certification in ESM. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of got me started on that path uh with fitness. Um, and then from there, I just, I was just addicted. Like I wanted to learn everything I could about fitness and about nutrition. Um, so I got my, my bachelor's of science and exercise science. And, um, I have, oh gosh, I have like so many, I have, you know, I'm a certified expert, um, I'm sorry, corrective exercise specialist, performance enhancement specialist, weight loss specialist. Um, you know, I got my, my level one and level two in precision nutrition, um, yeah, I mean, there's like a number of certification. Like I just, 
I just really was just addicted to learning and education and just bettering myself in that uh, in that aspect. So, but yeah, that that what was a, what a like cool story. Uh, thank you. What a cool story that it, um, it it all started from a point of pain. It's it, it's interesting that you talk about this because I've interviewed so many people over the years and I've talked to so many people, whether they're leaders in business or leaders in any other field, right? I was talking to a, a leader recently at a uh, lecture that I was giving uh, to a group of, of uh, business leaders. And this one guy, he was telling me his story and it's the same story essentially there there's a point of pain where we feel this point where we say okay i've, I've got to do something different i can't continue to do what i'm doing right. mm -hmm. and it starts small and then over time it builds and then you figure out that hey i've got a passion for this and uh now look at you i mean all of the education later all of the time all of the experience I want to go back, go Michelle, and talk about in those early stages. You talked about the postpartum depression and the OCD mm -hmm. uh, that you started to notice a difference as you were exercising. Yeah. Um, what What were some of the changes that you were noticing as you as you began to exercise on a regular basis? I mean, definitely the the OCD and the postpartum depression was starting to cease. Like it was letting go of its hold on me because, like I said before, it was debilitating. Like I couldn't even like function in life. Mm. And it helped me to be closer to my daughter. Um, because that was, it was very hard for me to bond with my, my daughter, because I was, you know, I was in bed, like just suffering from those two um, mental illnesses. Um, but yeah, just, it really, honestly, I, I have to say it just, it saved my life. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Fitness. Yeah. It's a, I love how you talk about it. it. You know, we need to talk more often uh, in a very matter of fact way about mental illness as we do physical illness. Yes. Um, there, there's been a stigma to mental illness over the years that doesn't need to be there. You know, mm -hmm. you would never feel bad about getting a cold. You would never feel bad about cancer as if you did something wrong. And yet I found that there's there there's an inherent feeling with a lot of people when it comes to mental illness that, well, maybe I did something wrong, or maybe this isn't something I should talk about. And that's just not the case because there are mm -hmm. so many factors that play into it. And diet and exercise has been proven over the years to be one of the most powerful tools to help people get out of uh, depressive states and can sometimes even get people completely out of depression without mm -hmm. any medication. I'm not saying that oh, people yeah. shouldn't use medication, mm -hmm. but it is it is so powerful what that does. Um, you started to get into a little bit better shape mm -hmm. and you found this friend and that friend uh, was doing something and you said, wow, she looks that way and she lifts. Mm -hmm. That's a really common reaction. When people see other women who lift, mm -hmm. you think that they're either genetically built like that Mm -hmm. or that they're just doing cardio all the time. Right. Do you still see that uh, misconception with your female clients? Oh, yeah. No, totally. I actually have visuals that I have I've created to just kind of show them like body composition, right? Like this is what a woman looks like when she doesn't have much muscle um, and she has like a moderate amount of fat. Uh, this is what mm. a woman looks like when she has a lot of muscle and a low body fat, which is basically what women want to look like. That's that, that physique. Right, they right. See that, they're like, that's, that's my goal. And it's like, well, you can't get there unless you build some lean muscle tissue and building lean muscle tissue doesn't mean you're going to look like a man. It means that you're going to look more feminine and more shapely. So it's, 
it's um, it's definitely something. Yeah, I, I do um, see with with women clients, female clients that I work with. So I have to kind of show them visually that hey, it's okay to build muscle. And it's actually very attractive. Yeah, I, I used to joke with my female clients. They'd say, "Well, I don't want to get big." I'd say, "Well, that's great because I don't I don't want to be a hippopotamus." Right. And neither one of those things is going to happen. I mean, it's right. it's genetically impossible. I, I've I've met maybe one or two women in my entire career that got fairly decent size. Mm -hmm. And and even with that, they still looked very feminine. Yes. Um, unless you're doing anabolic steroids, you're right. not going to be able to build the muscle that makes you look masculine. It just oh, yeah. it, it is genetically impossible. Yep. It's it's so true. And it takes so long to build muscle too, especially for a woman. And it's yeah. so hard. I mean, I was kind of, I've, yeah. I've been tracking my own like muscle gain over time. You know, I've been doing this consistently for 10 years and I've only, honestly only put on like 10 pounds of muscle <laughs> for like 10 years. Like that's like stayed, you know, which, which for some of our listeners, they may think that's a lot because they may say, well, I've got 10 pounds to lose, but the mm -hmm. difference is so 10, 10 pounds is 10 pounds, right? The weight mm -hmm. that is on the scale is 10 pounds, whether it's mm -hmm. fat or muscle. The difference is the volume. Right. Muscle is much more dense. And so when yep. you've got 10 pounds of muscle on, you've got this density mm -hmm. that is totally different than the volume of fat. And so if you yep. lose 10 pounds of fat, 10 pounds of muscle, you're going to look totally different, but you may still weigh exactly the same. Yeah. Right? Like I like the comparison of like a, a pound of gold versus like a pound of feathers, like a pound of yeah. feathers that take up a ton of space. Great example. A pound of, of gold is you know, it's very, very dense. It takes up some, uh, less amount of space. Yeah, that's a great example. I love that. Michelle, you mentioned as you were going through your own personal growth and, and, and progression that as you started to work out, you, you found some friends in the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, talk a little bit about that because I know that going into the gym setting for both mm -hmm. men and women, that's a very intimidating thing if, when oh, people yeah. are starting out. They think that everybody is looking at them. They think that mm -hmm. everybody's judging them, but that's not really the case. Everybody there is probably thinking the same thing that you are, that mm -hmm. they're afraid of everybody else looking. So how did you, how did you find these friends? What did that look like for you? So um, I found them cause I was just, I was just working out and I guess they saw me uh, at the gym um, pretty consistently. And I think they started going, I was like three months in, I think they started going about a month in, they, they just saw me and they were like, Hey, we just wanted to tell you that, um, you know, you look great. And, you know, we see you working out here. Do you mind if we work out with you? Like we're following this. I think it was, uh, Oh, who was the, the trainer? They were following a plan. Um, the, the girl that's on, uh, uh, what's that, that, uh, the celebrity trainer that's on TV. What's her name? I can't remember. I know I'm like my, oh, my I don't I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm not sure. Um, but she was following <laughs> they were following her plan and they were like, Yeah, okay. like it's just too much. And so can we work out with you? And I was like, sure. And that's um, awesome. Yeah. So then we just started a relationship. But I mean, I'm a firm believer in like you become who you surround yourself with, right? Yeah, and for sure. I think that um, you know, you you shouldn't feel scared to go to the gym or feel like you're being judged. Is that something that you're trying to make, you know, into your life? Um, there's so many people at the gym that are just super cool and super nice. I mean, there's obviously the the boneheads there, but most people are pretty yeah, nice and, yeah. you know, and they, they're, they're looking for the same things as you are. 
and it's just cool to 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 bond with people that have the same interests and you know you, you can work out with each other like that's a good uh way to stay motivated you know is to have an accountability partner you know to go to the gym with so, so some of it. my favorite friends are the ones that i sweat with i mean yep, exactly. whether it's going on a hike or working out in the gym i mean yep. you just develop these bonds because you're pushing each other Yep. You're sweating together. You're, you're vulnerable in some of those situations and mm -hmm. you just develop a better bond. Uh, one, one of my best friends, we were talking about it the other day and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a significantly smaller guy than he is. He probably at his heaviest weighs about double what I do. Mm -hmm. He was a linebacker in college, uh, lifts a lot heavier than me, but we, even with that, we would go toe to toe and I couldn't squat or deadlift the same amount of weights that he would do. But we would uh, go pound for pound and I'd say, okay, fatty, we're going pound for pound on this one. <laughs> um, and we just, I mean, we, we've got this great relationship that now even what, 25 plus years later, we're, we're, we're still really good friends, partially mm -hmm. because we worked out together so much back in the day. Um, I want to ask you, Ms. Joe, what, how does, how does the outdoor fitness piece play into your life i know it's a big thing for me and that was actually something that uh it got my caught my eye when you were out hiking with mm -hmm. uh michelle and Lindsay, or, or excuse me uh with with Lindsay and and melissa um talk about how the outdoor aspect plays into your overall fitness so um so we moved to utah about two years ago and uh, i mean i grew up here so i kind of moved around uh, like mm. in, in my early twenties and then finally moved back. Um, and I think COVID just kind of changed my mindset in a lot of things. And like, one of the things is, is the outdoors and like being with nature, um, and just hiking and, and being active outside. Like, I feel like being active is so great emotionally, but doing it outside is an even bigger bonus, like yeah. uh, enjoying yeah. the fresh air uh, and you can do it anywhere. Like you can, you can work out outside anywhere. Like you can go for a nice walk. I mean, honestly, like when you're feeling stressed, like just going outside and just going on a walk, like a short walk will make you feel instantly better. Um, so, so powerful, especially when yeah. you're outside. You got nature around you. I mean, yeah. walking is one of the most underrated exercises, uh, in, in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you think about walking and, and, and so many people don't do it, but it truly is one of the most powerful exercises, not only because you're staying active, but uh -huh. walking, uh, you know, you've got your fight or your flight yep. uh, and walking taps in to the flight, yep. but it does it at such a low level that once you start walking, it actually activates your parasympathetic or your recovery part of your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so if you're stressed, you go for a walk, which tells your body, okay, I'm flighting, I'm running away, but you're doing it in this super positive way. And then you get yeah. all these amazing benefits. Then you go for a hike, you're in nature mm -hmm. and everything is even, you know, above and beyond that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's honestly, it's addicting, like hiking and just, just being in nature and being active in nature. It's, it, it's definitely does something with your mindset, like just being connected. I don't know what it is, but just emotionally, you just feel, I don't know, just, so much happier, so much better. So there, there was some research that came out. Uh, I, 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 I'm probably going to butcher it maybe five, six, seven years ago, uh, out of, uh, China. And I believe it was China where they were, uh, they had done research on the benefits of people just doing what they called nature bathing. And it was mm -hmm. basically people going into nature 
and sitting there amongst the trees or being in nature. And that, uh, they were finding significant improvements in overall sense of well-being, overall mental health. Uh, people were just feeling, uh, you know, a ton better by getting out mm -hmm. in nature. So uh, there, there's a lot to it. And Michelle, I know you work with a lot of clients uh, ranging from professional athletes to uh, women who just want to get into better shape. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think is the, what's the biggest challenge that people have when uh, it comes to making a physical transformation? Um, I mean, it, I think it varies um, with each client, um, you know, and everybody has different goals that they're they're looking for. Um, you know, but like the the woman that's looking to get into better shape that's just had a baby. Um, I think the the biggest barrier is finding the time, finding the time to do it. That's always been like um, mm. a big barrier or um, meal prepping is a barrier. Um, honestly, like the, the main thing is you have to figure out ways to make it easy for yourself. So like with the meal prepping aspect, um, I feel like a lot of people burn themselves out with that because it's just, it's not easy. Like they, they make it difficult for themselves. And then when it's difficult, you burn yourself out. Um, trying to find ways um, to make it easy for you. Like uh, one thing that I do for my clients is um, I provide like a, like a little like grocery sheet of like ready-made, um, basically ready-made foods like at Trader Joe's, like they can go to Trader Joe's and get some like pre-made grilled chicken or they can get like um, different like stir fries in the freeze, the frozen section, uh, you know, pre-boiled, uh, the hard boiled eggs, like just little things that they can like incorporate in their day um, that make it so easy for them, especially like clients that are traveling or that are busy all the time. Um, like I have, I've worked with a lot of, uh, you know, super um, busy, you know, like C-level executives and I've worked with just very, um, you know, entrepreneurs and just very busy people. Um, and that was something that we've had to try to overcome, um, but just trying to find ways. Um, it's called self-efficacy, like just being able to know that you can do it and it's easy. Does that make sense? Like with the working Absolutely. out and the time, maybe even just breaking it up into chunks, like maybe like instead of going to the gym for like an hour, um, breaking it up like 15 minutes here, like a 15 minute there, like, you know, with throughout your day uh, might be easier, you know. So why, why do you think people feel like that there's, there has to be this all or nothing mentality? Um, I think that uh, deep down, like a lot of people are perfectionists and it's, I mean, in, in some ways it's good to be a perfectionist, but I feel like um, with like a, your fitness journey or, um, you know, your, your health journey, it's good to, it's you're just because you're doing it day after day after day, it's a lifestyle, right? Like you want to stick with it for life. Um, when you have that all or nothing mentality, like we're all human, right? We're not perfect and we mess up. And I'm sure sometimes we mess up a lot. Um, I think having that self-compassion um, and just saying, hey, you know, like I, I messed up today, but, you know, I can clean the slate. Tomorrow's a new day. Just get back on track. Remembering that consistency over a long period of time over perfection is what's going to get results. Um, so I, I think just reminding like with my clients, like I tell them to remind themselves that like it's consistency over a long period of time versus perfection day after day after day after day, which is impossible. So 
Yeah, because I, I think most people misunder or, or misconstrue what they can do in a short period of time, mm-hmm. and that they really truly don't understand what can happen in a period of like twelve months of just being consi- consistent. Exactly. I really like how you talk about keeping it simple, right? Um, simple tips on breaking it down. You mentioned that instead of if you can't make an hour in the gym, cut it down to 20, whatever, whatever it is. What are some other simple tips that you think uh, are, that are working for your clients? Um, so like, you know, breaking the, the workouts down, like, and, and when I mean like that hour, like you can do like 15 minutes in the morning, you can do 15 minutes. Um, you can go on a 15 minute walk or, you know, like um, that's like a simple tip. Um, you know, like the meal prep tip that I, I gave you, um, what else is a good one? So let's talk about the meal prep thing for just a second, because I, so I get people joking with me when I go into the office, um, mm-hmm. that with the food that I have, and I had a guy giving me a hard time the other day when I was eating my breakfast, my breakfast typically consists of some sort of meat and eggs and maybe some nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start my day the right way, get my neurotransmitters primed up for the day. And this guy's like, you, you, when did you make that? Did you make that uh, on Sunday? Did you meal prep that? Did you meal prep that yesterday? I said, no, I made it this morning. Mm-hmm. He goes, what do you mean? I said, it, it takes me like 10 minutes yeah. to make this in the morning. While I'm getting ready, while I'm packing up for the day, I do this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not that difficult. We, we make the meal prep, this idea out to be bigger than what it really is. Yes. Yeah. And I absolutely love what you're talking about with whether it's going to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or, or, or really anywhere and finding these simple solutions. See, fast food doesn't need to be horrible food. You don't need to go to mm-hmm. McDonald's to get fast food. And apple is fast food. Yeah. Uh, almonds are fast food. Mm-hmm. You know, you can cook up a steak in less than 10 minutes. That's fast yep. food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nutrient so dense. So true. Yeah. And you can make it delicious. I mean, it's, it's fast and it's simple and and it's healthy, you know what I mean? And it, and it fits in, in your, in your goal plan, you know? Yeah. It, it's, I, I would, anybody that, that tells me, oh, you can't make it good in that amount of time. I'll invite them over for dinner. I'll right. cook it. <laughs> they can sit there and watch me cook it. Mm-hmm. I will make you food and I will guarantee you, you will never want to go eat that garbage cheeseburger from that place or that yep. whatever it is again. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking, breaking the workouts up. So it's a great tip when you're working with a very busy client. I know you mentioned time before is one of the main things that you're, Uh that that people struggle with. Um, What are some other tips relative to people getting their workouts in or finding the time to do what it takes to get, uh, to get the results they're looking for? So something that I have clients do um, that when they have, when they say time is an excuse uh, and obviously they're busy. I'll have them do like a time journal. So basically mm-hmm. they'll start at like 7 a.m. 7 a.m. What are you doing? And then how long? And then they go to like, let's say they're cooking breakfast. Um, they're getting ready, showering, whatever. That took an hour. So at 8 a.m., like, what are you doing? I'm driving to work. Like, how long is the drive to work? And then like, maybe they say 830. And so like every yep. slot, they they start, you know, recording their their uh, what they're doing for that time. And a lot of these, my clients, they find that a lot of time is wasted on like social media or, you know, watching TV or there's like a lot of chunks of time where instead of, you know, looking at Instagram, you know, for two hours, they could have gone to the gym, you know, for an hour. So 
So that's something it's that's amazing. been helpful. Yeah. What a great tool. You know, when you think about, um, if, if you go talk to a million, uh, somebody who's a multimillionaire, they know mm. everything there is to know about their money, right? If they own their business, they own, they know everything there is to know about their business. That, that guy or that girl with abs, they know everything there is to know about their body. Yeah. You, you don't just fall into it. And time is the one resource that we all have control over. Yeah. We don't want to believe that far too often, but we mm. do have control over it. When we do these time journals, all of a sudden we start to realize, oh my gosh, I'm wasting so much time. Oh yeah, no, totally. Shocking. It's, yes, it's very shocking. It's it's kind of like a big self-awareness thing, um, you know, just to see what you're doing with your time. And you're like, wow, there's like chunks of time. Like I could be doing something meaningful, like spending time with my family or going to the gym or whatever, you know, doing something I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend of mine uh, that reminds me years ago, so he and his wife had gotten divorced and he has a son um, who's quite a bit older now and uh, out of the house. But he, he said to me, you know, I, I know that the times where I have my son, I'm more intentional as a father than 99% of my friends are. You know, mm -hmm. they go home and they're with their kids more mm -hmm. in the same house, but they're not intentional. They, mm -hmm. they don't spend time. They're not focused on their kids. And he mm -hmm. says, with, with my son, I'm intentional. I have him, you know, a couple nights a week and I have him on the weekend. And I know exactly what we're going to do. And whether it's sitting and doing homework together, making food together, that just totally shifted my personal perspective. Because when he told me that, I thought, yeah, time is, is, is essentially a function of energy and, and focus. Oh, right? yeah, totally. And, and then, if we put our focus into something and we have the energy for it, yeah, that's what time is. Totally, totally. And then opportunity costs. You know, you're doing one thing, then you can't do something else. So big time. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you get some of your busy um, executives that you're working with that are traveling, that, that have a lot of demands? How do you get them to stay consistent while, you, while they travel? Um, so just having like structure, I think that's one thing that helps is like having like a structured program. So, um, and, and having like, uh, like a fallback. So like, if I know that they're traveling, they'll say, Hey, Michelle, I'm going to be traveling from X to, you know, here to here this amount of days. Um, and I, and I, so I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, well, can you send me, um, the hotel gym? And then they'll send me, you know, like a link to like pictures of the hotel gym. So I can write a program for them, like a you know, like a workout program for, that hotel gym. And then I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, now you need to figure out where the grocery store stores are around your hotel. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and so we kind of game plan that. And if, you know, they have to have a dinner like out with the client or whatever, we'll game plan that like, okay, what restaurant are you eating at? Okay. Let's look at the menu. Okay. What do you think are good options? Why do you think those are good options? I asked them first. And then they, they asked me like, what do you think? So then we'll kind of talk about it. But a lot of it is, is a learning process too. So when they're on the road, um, they kind of just like utilize me to, to help them, you know, overcome those obstacles when they're on the road. I, I love that, that plan and that process. I mean, when you think about it, if you're booking a trip, you're going to mm -hmm. book your hotel, you're going to book your flight, you're going to book your, your rental car or your, your Uber or your transportation. But I, what you're talking about, I actually did for uh, several years. I used to travel... Mm -hmm at least two or three times a month. Mm -hmm. And every time I knew where I was going, 
I would look up what the closest grocery stores, whether it was a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. I knew what gyms I was going to, and it was planned out. But I want to talk a little bit about something you mentioned earlier, where you said that you want to have a structure, but then you want to have some other things to fall back on. Uh, I can't tell you how much I love that that comment. Like, have a structure, but have something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned earlier that a lifestyle is really your lifestyle, something you want to do over a period of time. Yeah. If, if people miss a workout, most of the time they don't have a plan to fall back on and mm-hmm. they beat themselves up. Yeah. I know that self-compassion is a big part of what you teach. Mm-hmm. Talk about the power of that. Oh, it, it's very powerful. Um, and also it teaches you to, um, to hold yourself accountable to like not blame situations. Like I think, um, showing yourself compassion, um, it's like, Hey, like, okay, I must stop, you know, it was on me. Like I wasn't able to, to do this, but Hey, you know, it's okay. Now I can have a game plan. Like if it happens again, so it kind of teaches you to kind of like work through obstacles and problems as well. Like when you have that self-compassion, but it also kind of just holds you to your program um, where like you, you kind of like let go of that all or nothing mentality. Cause like, I feel like that all or nothing mentality can be very destructive um, and set you back. So um, having that self-compassion, you know, saying, Hey, it's okay. You know, like Michelle, you, you know, like you had, you, you kind of binged on Thanksgiving and you had like, you know, five slices of pie. Okay. Well, it's okay. Let's just get back on track. Let's go to the gym, you know, let's eat healthy and clean the rest of the week. And then, you know, and usually whatever, you know, you messed up on that day, like is gone by the, the week's end. So, and people kind of see that like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I enjoyed myself and I enjoyed mm-hmm. my family and I got to bond and, enjoy my life. You know what I mean? Cause that's another thing. Yeah. It's like making it a lifestyle. It has to be enjoyable. Like you have to be able to enjoy your life. Um, and sometimes, you know, have treats and, you know, enjoy family time and going out to dinners at restaurants. You know, I think it's important too for sanity. Yeah. Cause when you think about all or nothing, so you're all in on this diet or it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. I, what other area of life do we think all or nothing, right? I, I, I just, yeah. it, it's weird. But yet somehow with our food and our exercise, we tend to think like that. Oh, I got to mm-hmm. be all in. I got to be all perfect. Well, that's, that's not life, right? And so if you have a plan, that's great. But then what's your plan when you go off plan? You know, you yeah. talk about five pieces of pie. Uh, for Thanksgiving, I, I like six or seven pieces of pie for Thanksgiving, <laughs> but that's part of my plan mm-hmm. is that going up to Thanksgiving, I know that I'm most likely going to eat more stuff because I yeah. enjoy it. I don't enjoy the time. I don't want to be worrying about it. I want to, I want to have fun with my family. Now I, mm-hmm. I probably won't, uh, you know, nowadays go the, that much as, yeah. as what I used to do because I know how it affects my body. Right. Yeah. You, but I also don't yeah. feel bad about it later mm-hmm. if I do. That's just part of life. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that plan for when you go off your plan is really a critical step. Oh, yeah. Um, 
What about the self-talk aspect? And you referenced this a little bit earlier when you were talking about yourself in the third person, but it's really important that we have positive mental talk. Oh, yeah. Because when people go off plan, we know that the, the, the mental uh, talk is, is not good. The self-talk is not good. Mm-hmm. What, what's your advice to people when they start to go down that, that negative route after maybe going off plan with their workout or off plan with their nutrition? I mean, I guess just reminding themselves like, hey, it's okay. And then falling back on that, it's consistency over perfection. So consistency over a long period of time. So, I mean, even if you're, you know, you do... 80, 85%, you know, well, good. And you mess up 15% of the time, you're still going to see results over a long period of time. And you've built those habits as well. Um, and, yeah. and, and then you've also, you see like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And it also helps your relationship with, with food, with your body that, you know, it's okay. You know, you can forgive yourself and um, just because you messed up one day, or even you went on, on vacation for a week and you you had the whole week, like where, you know, you ate whatever you wanted, you drank whatever you wanted that when you got back, Hey, well, I'm just back on plan. And then it's just all of that, all of that week just goes away. And you, if you just stay consistent, you know what I mean? Like you might gain some weight when you come back, but it'll go away. Like if you just stay consistent from there, just clean the slate and just, just move forward. Yeah. And you think about what most Americans do and uh, they're not exercising on a regular basis. They're not mm-hmm. eating consistently healthy foods on a regular basis. So let's say that in 2022, we're coming up on 2023 here pretty soon. Let's say that on average, you're doing well 20% of the time. And you say, okay, I'm going to listen to Michelle and I'm going to be consistent over perfect. And so I'm just going to be, uh, you know, four days a week, I'm going to do it. Five days a week, I'm going to do it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you pick a point of consistency. And then throughout the year, you're consistent, maybe with taking a few pieces off and you go from 20% up to 50% or 20 mm-hmm. up to 60. That's great improvement. Oh yeah. People that do that get great results in the long run. Oh yeah, no, totally. And they build habits over the long run too. You know, incorporating good things into their, into their day. Like it pushes out the bad stuff. So like going from 20% to 50%, adding that good stuff in, and then they see it's easy and it's enjoyable. They feel good, you know, and then they want to push more. They want to do more and they see results and it motivates them to want to do more. Talk a little bit about um, doing things people want to do. You hike because you enjoy it. You, you, you get out in nature because you enjoy it. You lift weights because you enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. What about that person that's out there that says, yeah, this is great, but I don't like to sweat or I don't like to do this or I don't, but I, but I heard that I should do that. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your advice to them? I mean, I think finding, you know, I mean, everybody enjoys something, you know, active, even if it's just walking outside, like just going on like a nature stroll and just like, you know, or playing with the kids or like throwing the baseball around with the, you know, with your son or your daughter playing soccer. Um, I mean, there's definitely something and sometimes you have to kind of explore those options. Like I found snowboarding, like I love snowboarding now. So like, I'm obsessed, but you know, you kind of have to dabble in different things and see what you enjoy, you know, especially when it comes to activity, like it might not be weight training, you know, maybe it's dance. Like if you enjoy dance then then take some dance classes, you know, just getting, getting that activity in is, is going to, you know, jumpstart those results. 
you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a specific thing. You know, it could be anything. Just get get out and get moving. And, and put yourself out there. Try new things because you really never know what you're going to enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed skiing. I started to ski when I was maybe eight or nine years old. Oh, wow. Maybe even earlier than that. And so up until my 30s, um, I, I didn't I didn't snowboard. And I had a friend of mine that was a uh, an instructor up at Snowbird. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, just whenever you're up here, text me and I'll come over and I'll ride with you and I'll teach you some stuff. And I got 50 days in that first year. And I got to the point where by the by mid season, I was going pretty, pretty well. And mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the year, I was addicted and I will never give it up until the day I die. And that That's might awesome. even be how I die. I don't know. But there are so many things out there that I think if, if, if there's a listener listening to this episode and they say, I've been doing this and I hate it. Well, great. Go try something else because there's yeah. really no wrong way to move your body. If you can do it on a consistent basis. I, I used to be shocked when clients would come to me and they'd say, well, I heard that the, uh, that it's better to do this machine like elliptical or treadmill or whatever it was, mm -hmm. because I heard that burdens more calories. I said, do you like that machine? No, I hate it. Well then don't do it. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause then you won't do it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter if it's good or not. Like if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be motivated to continue to go, uh, mm -hmm. to go forward. Uh, Michelle, talk a little bit about your lifestyle right now. What does that look like? How, what, what is your overall health and fitness um, throughout the week or throughout the month look like for you? So I try to practice what I preach. Um, I also um, believe in balance, like, and I'm not like rigid, like in my, in my programming, like with, with my nutrition, I try to eat clean most of the time, but I'm not going to beat myself up if I have a cookie or if I go to In-N-Out, sometimes like I'll go to In-N-Out burger, you know, nice. and yep. enjoy some, some French fries and a burger with my kids. Um, but I don't beat myself up because I know that, you know, I'm active. Like I, I, most of the time I have good habits, like, you know, where I'm eating clean foods at home, I'm going to the gym consistently, I'm lifting weights, you know, I'm hiking, you know, I'm doing other activities. So, I mean, I'm just, it, you know, for me, it's just like an all around, like everything, like it's not just fitness and nutrition, but it's like mindset, you know, like having low stress um, making sure I'm getting enough sleep, you know, um, working on my mental, like, you know, mental stuff, like emotional state, like that's also really mm -hmm. important to me. Um, making sure that I feel balanced, you know, like emotionally. Uh, cause I mean, there's been times in my life, like where my work-life balance was completely off and I was always stressed and miserable. So I always have to check in with myself. Like, how am I feeling? you know, how's my mental state? How's my emotional state? So that's also important to me too. Yeah. That, I think that's such an important part of your overall health and fitness. What, what do you specifically do to, uh, uh, to, to maintain that good mental and emotional health? Um, I mean, definitely the, the exercise helps def, definitely. I, I suffer from, uh, general anxiety disorder. Um, okay. so it, it's very important for me um, and that's one of my motivations for working out is to help me with, with that, like to help me with my anxiety, um, and, you know, being outside hiking. Um, I'm also very spiritual. Um, you know, church helps me, um, my faith helps me, you know, with my emotional state, uh, friends, like making sure, um, that I'm keeping up with my friendships, um, making sure that, oh, gratefulness, like gratitude thankfulness, like, um, 
looking at like, I guess my blessings, you know, whatever they are, like my children or like my husband or whatever, like those are things that yeah. kind of give me an instant boost of happiness. That's so. great. I, you really can't overestimate the power of gratitude and the power of a spiritual connection. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the, at the end of the day, if we don't have some sort of spiritual connection, it is extremely difficult to get through life. Okay. And I, I don't mean that it has to be any type of religious practice. Mm -hmm. I've seen people that are extremely happy uh, across the board, but, but they've got a very deep spiritual understanding mm -hmm. of who they are, the direction that they want to go in, and, and what uh, or who God is to them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, that especially considering or uh, taking into account the mental and emotional health, so, such an important uh, aspect of it. So I, I love that you brought that up. Um, Michelle, what's something that you've learned in the last three years that excites you the most? last three years that excites me the most, I guess, um, like going back to time, like, um, having balance, like in time, like, um, I've had, uh, I want to say it was six years ago. I had a crazy business. Um, this is kind of like when, so this was in Virginia and this is kind of when meal prep started getting kind of popular. Um, so I had a business that, um, it was like, kind of like a, you know, kind of like the meal prep companies that, that are out now, but it, it, wasn't even like in, you know, Northern Virginia, DC area. So I started that. Um, and it just, it just took off and I just got so busy and I felt like, I mean, I was working 80 hour uh, weeks. Um, it was mm. insane. I had two young kids at the time. I think my, my youngest was, um, two or three. Um, and my, my oldest daughter would always be like, mommy, like, can't you just like give your, your business to your employees? <laughs> like, can you just stay home with me? Cause I was That's just cute. working all the time. Um, I, I felt like I built a prison that I couldn't get out of, you know what I mean? Like it was just, I, like all I thought about was this business and I couldn't get away from it. So like, I felt like I was in this like prison, but my work-life balance was just, was horrible. My mental state was horrible. My stress was horrible. I was getting sick. Um, so I just, I had to cut that off. So, I mean, even though that was six years ago, I think I'm always learning that balance and having that that correct balance in your life is so important, you know, especially for your your yeah. mental and emotional state. So I, I that's always like something I'm learning, you know, to just making sure. Yeah, I think that's sure really that important. That. Yeah, it's it, it's tweaking along the way, right? We're we're there there there's no such thing as being able to balance one time. I mean, you're always mm -hmm. looking at the scale and and trying to create that harmony within your life. Um, what what do you feel like, Michelle, is something that that you know as a fitness professional that you wish other people knew? Um, I mean, I think women. So definitely the the weight training thing with women. Um, not to fear it, not to think that um, you know, to embrace it, like not to, to think that you're going to look like a man if you look, if you lift weights and, and there's so many other benefits to strength training, not just aesthetics, but I mean, building bone health. Like I think for women, it's yeah. really important, uh, because women after the age of 50 or after, um, after menopause, we're at a high risk of osteoporosis. So making sure that, um, you're building that bone strength, through weight training, I think is, is, is so important. And you don't get that really from cardio. You get that from, from strength training. 
Yeah, it's a mechanical stress, and you can't get it by supplementation. I mean, yeah. you can put calcium in your body, but your body's not going to uptake it unless you're doing strength training. Yeah, and then even like your muscles atrophying, like after a certain age, I think they say after 30, your yeah. muscles start to atrophy. So like going into old age, like that's an, that's like one thing for me personally, that's been like a motivation. Um, I don't, I want to have good quality of life, like when I'm 80 or whatever, yeah. 70, 80 years old. Like I don't want to be in a wheelchair. Like I want to, I want to be that, like that grandma that's like, you know, lifting, like, you know, the buff grandma <laughs> that's deadlifting like 200 pounds <laughs> or squatting, yeah. you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to be yeah. that, but, I um, yeah, that's important, but yeah, definitely the weight training for women, not to fear it. I think that you should embrace it. I mean, there's so many, and it makes you, it makes you look younger too. Like it releases growth hormone, you know, like when you mm -hmm. do squats, um, and growth hormone, hormone keeps you looking young. So I think that's, that's another benefit from weight training. Yeah. Squatting to deadlifting or the fountain of youth. Yeah. Um, what was the darkest day of your life and what was the best day? The darkest day. I mean, definitely that period, um, when I was suffering from that, the postpartum depression and, and the postpartum OCD, um, that was definitely a dark time for me. Um, the best day of my life. Um, definitely when both of my kids were born, I mean, I, nothing can replace that. Yeah. Great experience. I, I, I'm sure I, as a father, I can certainly resonate with that. W what are you most proud of right now? Um, my family, I'm just, I'm very thankful for my children and, and you know, my husband, he's very supportive. Um, th that's probably the one thing that I'm very thankful for. Awesome. You know, Who, yeah. Who's inspiring you right now? Um, man, I have a lot of inspiration. I mean, lots of my friends inspire me. Um, you know, I like to pick friends that I want to try to be like, uh, cause I feel like I, you know, like you become who you surround yourself with. So right. I'm, I'm very picky with like who I choose to be in my friend circle. I mean, I'm picky, but not picky if that makes any sense, but I try to find you know, women that like, if they're good moms, like, oh, wow, I want to be like, like her, she's a good mom, or um, I want to be like her, she's really good at like, you know, designing her house or whatever, like just whatever talent, but um, I just like to, you know, friends inspire me, I like to find, find people, you know, that inspire me, uh, in terms of public figures, um, I don't know, um, like, uh, I don't know, like Nelson Mandela. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was, he was certainly inspiring. I'm the same way though. It's the people that I'm closest to in my life are the ones that, that uh, typically inspire me. Uh, well, Michelle, we're coming close to our time and we, we like to, with some of our guests do a rapid fire question. Uh, mm -hmm. So as we go through the rapid fire section, uh, we're going to ask a question and you've got either one word or one sentence that you can use to uh, answer the rapid fire questions. Are you ready to okay. go? Yep. All right. Go. So, uh, let's talk disruption. How have you disrupted your life in order to spark new growth? Um, knowledge. Awesome. If you could go back 10 years and give your former self advice that would push your evolution forward, what would it be? Um, really take, uh, well, 10 years. Okay. Maybe 
if it was high school, I would say take your education very seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, 10, years, 10 years ago, um, balance, the work-life balance aspect. Okay, great. So we never really stop evolving. What do you do to show yourself compassion along the way? Um, you know, just just letting reminding myself that things are okay, that I, you know, I'm in control. I'm in control of my life. Um, you know, I I can set goals, I can, you know, um learn new things. Um, you know, I can accomplish things. You know, I just need to to have a plan of action. Beautiful. So the last question is not part of the rapid fire. So take your time on this one. Uh, at Evolve, we believe that people evolve by stacking one simple habit on top of another. It doesn't have to be uh, difficult. It just has to be something that they can repeat. If you were to give our listeners one habit that you would like them to repeat over and over and over again, what would it be? Um, I think looking in the mirror and just telling yourself that I love myself. I have one life. I have one body and I love my body. I love, I love my life because that kind of will help jumpstart um, whatever it is, fitness journey, health journey, when you love yourself and you, you realize like you have this one body and this one life. I love that. Lear learning to love yourself is a superpower that I don't think a lot of people do. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they don't develop that superpower. When you learn to love yourself and it takes time, because yeah. you have to uncover the deep, dark areas and you have to say, oh, I love that too. But when you learn to love yourself, it truly becomes a superpower that, uh, I, I mean, you, you become Superman, Superwoman, Wonder Woman, whatever you want to call it, right? Because mm -hmm. you can fly, you can get hit with a speeding bullet. You're not, it's not going to penetrate you. Like it, it is true superpower. So I'm with you on that. The, the self-love, that self-compassion. Uh, well, uh, and on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I want to show, thank you, Michelle, for coming on. Um, what so is much, the, yeah, great to have you. What, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, follow what you're doing? And if they're interested in hiring you, how do they do that? Um, you can go to my website, www.mb-elite.com. Uh, my contact information is on there, or you can follow me at uh, MB underscore elite underscore fitness on uh, Instagram. Or if you want to follow my, awesome. my uh, uh, adventure page uh, that I created with for hiking and all of that stuff, you can follow me at fit and dot adventurous. And that I, that's the one I think I originally started following because you got beautiful pictures of of these hikes, like some of my oh, favorite hikes, you. and then some that I haven't even been on, but they're gorgeous pictures. So even if people are not in a space where they can go hiking, uh, we got a little FOMO going on when you look at those oh, pictures because oh, like people want will want to be on top of the mountain. Well, I kind of uh, want to give a shout out to Lindsay and Melissa for that because they totally inspire me, and and they always have gorgeous photos. So yeah, I yeah, kind of follow yeah, they do a great step. job. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we will link all of those uh, links in the show notes, folks. So, uh, you know, you can check in the show notes and you'll be able to get a hold of Michelle that way as well. Uh, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thank you for listening to the Evolve Podcast. 
If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at evolve underscore cast and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.